Greetings and salutations, gamers. Welcome to Cast Co-op, the podcast in which three podcast hosts from three shows cast together. I am one of your hosts, Luke Lore, the insipid ghost, joined by Mr. Porsche Power, Ainsley Bowden of Seasoned Gaming, uh, who is definitely on time today. Welcome, Ainsley Bowden. Kill me. Because you're killing me. Let me be clear. I sat here for 15 minutes, actually more than 15 minutes, but 15 minutes past the actual start time, waiting for these two because they were apparently stuck in a Fortnite game. This is you what think, I'm dealing with. This is what think, I'm dealing with. You'd think, and, and and Joe, you tell me if I'm wrong here. You'd think You're wrong. a friend would say, guys, I'm real proud of you. You won that game? That's fantastic. You know what? Your joy brings me joy. Let me, think. let me go here. So I, at, I don't want to be in the middle of this. At 7.28, I got a message from Luke saying five minutes. Yeah. Yeah, that fair. was uh, 20 minutes that was, later. That was that was when Joe said, hey, one more game. And I was like, I did not. One that one was one more, more game. Like, good. Here's, here, here's Luke. Hey, you got, let's just do one more. I'm like, dude, I like it's about like we got like about 10-ish minutes. Like, we'll just hot drop. We'll just hot drop. And then if, we're if, here, here, here we are. If, if you have a podcast mm-hmm. to record. Right. Yeah. You with your co-host. Ten minutes prior, where you're supposed to be live, not just signing on for the first time, but live. Why would you start a new game of Fortnite? I need the audience to tell me this. Well, why, because why would you do that? When Any you good podcaster. Yeah. I, I know. I feel <laughs> you. Is live fifteen minutes be. prior. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I, I again. I, I agree. What we're losing sight of is that. Oh, is that we were together. Yeah. In this in this experience, and we won. <laughs> we were victorious. We were victorious, just like Will Smith at the end of Independence Day. No doubt. Your life has no doubt changed that you won a match of Fortnite against six-year-olds. It's awesome. I'm proud of you guys. I love you. There, I think there are at least seven or eight. <laughs> also, audience, you're on his side right now, but you just yeah. wait till he says some of the stuff he's ready to say during this discussion. Yeah. Oh, I'm ready. Yeah. I'm already drinking. Be Let's go. Out. <laughs> Oh goodness! Well, we are joined by Mr. Porsche Power of Season Game. We are we are also joined by Mr. Babbitt, host of, according to this handle, PlayStation Trophy Room. PS Trophy Room. <laughs> PS, like it's it's Trophy Rooms an add-on to something. That's, that's, that's I good. I that's oh, okay. it makes Here's sense. It makes sense when you say it. I Trophy Room PS was taken, so I went PS Trophy Room, and then for the sake of just you know keeping everything uniform. If everything's PS mm-hmm. Trophy Room. You could call it a PlayStation Trophy Room. That's fine. I don't care. But it's called the Trophy Room, a PlayStation podcast. You get it right. The bigger okay, question Mr. is, who took Trophy Room PS before you? I don't know. It's always like an account from like 2007. Yeah, with like one follower and yeah, exactly. No yeah, you know, it's an egg. I hate that. I'm doing <laughs> great, by the way. I defeated Apple, which we this is week three. We've been trying <laughs> week six technically of trying to defeat Apple uh, over at the Cast Co-op. We're getting there, gang. We're getting there slowly yeah. but surely. We're this is an away. epic battle. Of, yeah, you know, I didn't think it would last this long. It's not our right. fault. It is really Apple's not. fault. That's the um, nice thing in all of this. Yeah, it, it is the silver lining. So for any of you who are interested uh, in, you know, uh, uh, following us on, on iTunes, it's on Apple's end. Apple's figuring it out. Hopefully in the next few days, like knock on some type of wood, pray to some whatever DUD you do. But yeah, we should be there shortly. In the, in the meantime, for those of you that are watching on video, I've had to rearrange my desk four times since we started this. I've seen you. I don't know what the hell you're doing. Because my computer is so, it's, it's, something's wrong with it, but I don't want to touch the StreamYard tab. So I'm trying to like use my tablet to read our notes and stuff. Oh, that's a whole thing. 
That's the whole thing. Gents, uh, gaming news. Gaming news, uh, rather prolific in the past week, I might add. Dilly dilly. Indeed. PlayStation, fun fact, we talked about them being dead last time. They responded to us. They came out and they said, we got stuff cooking. Uh, They made some faux pas. They got back on the horse. I mean, you know, you got to give it to them. They're, They're dead. They're dead. Xbox is dead. Oh, is that them? Xbox is dead this week. Yeah, because like FPS boost, <laughs> whatever, you know. What? Yeah, the FPS boost, it's, it's going to cook Xboxes. I don't know. <laughs> Metacritic. <laughs> All right. Anyway. So Returnal looks good. Returnal right. does look good, yeah, but it's wait. not reviewing well. What? This really? is the interesting thing. Is it not? I, I haven't well? seen any reviews for it, so I don't know. No, okay. You fell for someone did a like a photoshopped a Metacritic for it to say 62. Oh, is that what happened? Okay. Yeah, the reviews aren't out yet. The previews are glowing. Oh, They're like people are like really enjoying it. So Ains and I had faith. Luke's like, oh no, I don't know if it's gonna sell well. And well, that's a legit no, this first of all, I didn't. We don't know how it's I mean, not yet, but this <laughs> is a legitimate uh key point to this this, this discussion started with Returnal actually. Because I very much feel like Returnal is not going to blip the radar hardly at all. I'm excited for the game. It's my kind. Like I'm excited. That is my kind of game, right? And House Mark never made a bad game. However, okay. I don't think anyone actually cares about Returnal outside of like our podcasting like communities, the small niche audiences. And that led us to the the bigger discussion, which we will get to, is kind of like what makes a game good and how metacritic metacritic factors into sales and stuff. But um, bottom line, I think like dreams and like several other concrete gene and and a few other PlayStation exclusives, this one's not going to blip hardly at all. Oh, I, I, I disagree. Okay. Uh, Just by Benji sells did it. I've been looking at a little, little bit as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Google analytics, man, people are searching up what this game is. Yeah. Uh yeah. And I think when we take a look at at, at a very like fever feverish pace as well, it, we take a look at like when you buy a PlayStation 5 or an Xbox, when the mm-hmm. early adopters are the people that are listening to podcasts like ours, the right. people that really care. Mm-hmm. Uh the people that are gonna support the platforms early on. I think Returnal doesn't have to sell like two million or even three million copies to be a success. Mm-hmm. Um, so they can have, you know, something reasonable, um, and, and for it to be a success in Sony's eyes. And I think the previews have definitely helped. I've seen a lot of people on Twitter going, okay, so I saw, you know, something from game explain I'm, I'm in, I bought it. I, you know, mm-hmm. I've always been on board or pre-ordered it. I've always been on board with this game, but like hearing some of the feedback, I'm like, this is definitely, this is definitely my game. And so I pre-ordered it as well. Um, so I think it's going to review pretty well how it sells. Mm-hmm. I think it's also going to sell pretty well. I'm not here to say it's going to be the top seller of the year. It's absolutely not. But it's going to be one of the things you pick up with your PlayStation 5, I think. Yeah, I was going to say, I think the thing that may help it is the fact that people are kind of starving for those next-gen experiences right now. And the fact that it's the first PS5 game we've seen in a while, just yeah. for that sheer fact, I think people are going to pick it up. Um I still don't think it's going to be huge, like Luke said, but I think it'll it'll be respectable. Um, and Housemark's not a huge studio either, so to Joe's point, it probably doesn't need to sell millions and millions of copies to be successful. So yeah, yeah. I think it's going to review well, though. It looks it looks fantastic. I can't wait mm-hmm. to play it. 
I took I off also, next Friday. Did you really? Oh, really? Yeah. For Returnal. Okay, cool. So I also think it's yeah. going to review well. That's why I was so kind of befuddled today. But I didn't click on or go into the, to <clears> what I saw there because I know it's my kind of game. I think once I saw the the preview uh, video, and I don't like to watch a lot of preview coverage. I, I don't know if we've ever talked about that. I'm not a big guy to watch or play lots of betas or watch repeatedly and, yeah. and dissect things. Same. That's not my Not for a game style. I'm definitely going to buy. Like, right. I, I'm not watching anything else on it. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. And so I'm glad to hear it's uh, selling you guys as well. I just, this is, this is where the, okay, is that game worth the money argument has started coming up because $70 is the new price point for a lot of games and people are now weighing in. And I've seen comments where like, oh, Returnal would have been a perfect Game Pass like game or something like that. And I don't like that term, by the way. I don't think that's actually helping the industry to have that kind of an attitude. But when you see a $70 price mark on that, Ains, does that sway into your mind at all? Um, I think about it, but it doesn't sway my decision. Um, I'm just, I'm fortunate enough where if I want to play a game, the price doesn't really matter to me. And I don't mean to say that arrogantly or anything. I just, I'm fortunate to be in a position where if I want to play a game, I'm going to buy the damn thing. Um, okay. What about, but, do you think it will affect others on that? Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that's where I was going to go. I was going to say, but um, we don't know anything. And I think about, we talked about this before, didn't we? We don't truly know how long this game is or how much depth it has or how many hours you can spend on it after you beat it the first time, or if you can, or, you know, we don't know all those details. So I think this is one of those where reviews could play rather heavily into sales because i think if a review comes out and say hey this is a great game but it's six hours um you're going to get a lot of people that stop and say ah you know that sounds great but i'll wait till it's 40 bucks or something um whereas if someone says it's you know 15 hours core and it's ton really replayable and uh, the um um oh god you know the procedural the procedural generation and the uh you know, the roguelike elements make it really replayable and you can do things different ways, then I think you're going to get a percentage of the community that says, okay, that sounds great. Then I'll, I'll dive in. Yeah. I I think this is the first true test to see if the $70 price tag actually sways people away. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is, this is it. And if it doesn't, and like this game sells gangbusters, then we can we could take that argument going well looks like the consumers really don't care um and i bet a lot of other companies are kind of taking a look at this game and others like it that are launching at 70 bucks going okay let's see let's let them take the risk let's see if that affects the the, the sales and if it doesn't we'll up ours as well a lot of people i think are freaking out and i not to say it's like unjustifiably you are, you are attacking them right now <laughs> but like it's how long have we have the sixty dollar price tag? Two generations. Two generations over ten plus years. Yeah. I think it'd be close to what, like almost twenty, I think. Fifteen, twenty. A lot of games were more expensive in the sixteen bit era than they are yeah. now. So I think people are like, okay, it, it's fine, 10 bucks. But at the same exact time, the, the models have been so skewed for so many other games. Like I know it's a sort of spot, like but Fortnite is free. You know, we, we see the pricing spent, model change for various games. In that game. But again, we've spent, <laughs> dude, I've spent hundreds. It's bad. Yeah. I don't even want to look. I really don't. That said, it, you know, it, it's, it's changed 
so so drastically over the past you know five years but yeah yeah this is the first test and when people are like oh it's doomed because it's 70 i'm just like let's wait and see yeah before we make i it don't that. i don't buy that argument the only time that that argument feels apt to me or even like in the realm of relevancy is when i think about like ratchet and clank ps4 the game was 40 bucks I would have paid seventy dollars for that game. That was fantastic That's a great in terms game. of a game, but it launched yeah. at forty, and it gives the perception in some cases of a game being budget. And you know, I, I make the comparison also to uh, Recore. I don't know if you guys ever played Recore. Yeah, um, uh, yeah a little it. bit. I, I liked, liked it. it. I liked it Once a lot. It was the finished, <laughs> right? The definitive edition <laughs> came out a year after the regular. Yeah, game. but Returnal gives me Recore vibes in, in a couple ways. It looks more polished than Recore, but. Um, some of the gameplay elements look very similar, very arcadey, third-person shooter, the way the way they move and stuff. Uh, and that game is a fantastic game at thirty bucks, you know. So there's there's that element in there, and uh, I I'm anxious for Returnal to hit to really gauge that market, especially because I thought we were going to get that with Destruction All Stars, didn't happen, <laughs> you know, <laughs> for for good reason. And a, yeah. a good choice, but I thought we were going to have a good market test there because we haven't truly had a good market test yet. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think that's why Destruction All Stars was, I think, is like discounted all the way to twenty bucks by the time it released. Because, yeah, that would be a poor signal for other, you know, developers, publishers to see if they could, again, hack it at seventy. But right. yeah, I'm I'm very excited for Eternal. It seems right up my alley, and now I'm at the point where I'm just like media blackout this seems like another uh, an, another hit so yeah 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 i'm all in on it so while you were mentioning destruction or rather you talked about it i pulled up its metacritic it's sitting at a 63 destruction all stars is and seems high. Th- is it really i have not played it is, is that yeah really? so high it's not very yeah. good it, it's yeah. it plays smooth and that's about the best thing you can say about it yeah it that's really should have been a twisted metal game yeah yeah, they should, yeah. I, I love when games are video games, like just arcadey, dumb video game fun. Um, that kind of goes to our Outriders chat, Ains. Uh, yeah. But it had that vibe that looked at it. And when I find out that the games that I want to be super silly and dumb are actually not good also, it's, it stinks. <laughs> but the reason I bring that up is Metacritic is far too often used as the metric of the industry, which yep. leads to a lot of frustrating conversations. Uh, you know, we all enjoy different things. Ains, I know you put down Outriders. Joe and I played a lot of it. Joe, I think you got yeah. the Platinum. Um, and I'm loving that game. Doesn't I've, review... I've played it a lot. I've got like 30 hours in the game. Did you Sadly. really? I didn't know you made it that far. Sadly. Oh. So, so that that bothers me so much because I really have loved our probably 30 hours with it and just, just goofing around and whatnot. But yeah. it brings up a bigger discussion. And I would like to tie Metacritic and review scores in as we're able but it brings up a bigger, bigger discussion of what do we think makes a game great? What makes a game good? Like really and truly, what makes a game good or worthy of a certain score or anything else? It's a big... So I was thinking about this today because we were talking about it, right? Mm-hmm. And I just... I was... Tr- so I'm sorry. While you were talking, I was literally looking at how much time I spent in Outriders to make sure I wasn't lying to you. I spent... Because you can track it on Xbox, right? Mm-hmm. So I spent on the mobile uh, app or on on desktop. I'm on console companion. Okay, which is it's like being on your uh, Xbox. So mm-hmm. I spent actually more than that. I spent 34, almost 40 hours in Outriders. 
for so. so why did you spend 40 hours of the game that you now say you don't you didn't like were you reviewing it, it, it was it has a fun gameplay loop um it has a fun gameplay loop at the start and i was intrigued and you know it was a little different kind of like a fast ability based gears if you will mm-hmm. um but the more you play it and especially once you get closer to the end game the flaws just overwhelm it there's just so many flaws um we don't have to get into it right now i just you know there's a lot of design aspects that i really didn't care for that's all well, I- I do want you to expound a little bit only because the conversation is not really about outriders. It's why, why spend so much time yeah. in a game you didn't that you now are like, sadly, I spent this much time because we're talking about what makes it good. I'm not yeah. like attacking your logic. But. No, no, I would say two, two reasons. Uh, probably one's unique to me. One, I think everyone, I think even the people that like me have put time into it and then put it down and frustrated with it agree that it has a good gameplay loop. Like the, the mm-hmm. fun of shooting and smashing things and killing enemies is well done in that game. And so mm-hmm. that keeps you playing. Um, the other thing is, and I say this all the time, I'm a loot whore. Uh, loot games are my kryptonite. I absolutely adore loot games. Um, I literally picked up Diablo 3 over the past few weeks and put another probably 40, 50 hours into it, which would take <laughs> me somewhere near probably a 1,000. Yeah. Um, I have played that game endlessly. Um so it's just, it's my addictive nature. Um, I love just getting rewarded with loot like that. So that's why I, I got to the point, you know, and, and my stepson was playing it too in the house, which helps. So he's very much like me. He gets dedicated on a game, especially loves loot games. And so we were kind of playing together and comparing. Um, awesome. Yeah. So, I mean, it made it really fun, but I think once you get, you know, uh, and, and you got to realize like, I'm very picky because I have thousands of hours in, hardcore ARPGs and all these types of games, right? Like I can be really picky. So like when you start to look at different builds and like the optimizations in that game and where you could have all these different mods, but really you had to have these three if you wanted to really compete. Uh, The whole world tier system where you could only get loot at your max level if you're on that max world tier. And if you went down a world tier, it actually took your loot down a level. That's Mm -hmm. fundamentally flawed. That's never how a loot game should work. What it should have done is if you go down world tiers, you can still get your level loot. It's just that the odds are lower, right? Nice. Like your percentage odds are lower. I or tried to explain she- this to Luke and our friend Kev, and they're like, no, that's not how it works. No, I'm sorry. It's exactly <laughs> like Diablo. No, well, and it should also, yeah. any good loot game, right, as you ranch it up and you get into higher difficulties, the threshold of the attributes on the loot should change. They should go lower to higher. Mm-hmm. Outriders doesn't do any of that. None of it. Um, and it actually locks loot to your level by world tier, which is horrendous. Yeah, they should never have done that. Um, yeah. So, th- like I said, I could go on for a while, but that's there's a couple things where it's just it just frustrated me. So I put yeah. it down. And that's the thing. Like I see the flaws in Outriders, and I see the the loop is so much fun. Especially, especially I finally found the class. Yeah, I found the class that I love, which is Pyromancer, and like I just love setting shit on fire and blowing them up. It's it's so satisfying. But then at yeah. the same exact time, it's like, oh man, this loot. Once you get into a world tier something or whatever, you hit right. that brick wall, and yep. then. You finally make your way through maybe halfway through that world here and like, okay, I got my bearings and all of a sudden another brick wall right in front of you. Yeah. When you, when you, when you level up and it's, it's annoying. We got, we got to a a part where we, we were going blazing through the world tiers that we got to like world tier 14 or something. Um, in, in, we just were just like, this is too hard. We can't all of a sudden it was like, we were doing really great last level. Why are we? Yeah. 
what's wrong here? And but and yeah. you should be able to turn the world tier down, right? And keep playing and slowly build up yep. your your loot and your strength to be able to tackle the next one. But you yep. can't because you can't get that level gear because you're on the lower world tier. It's just it's fundamentally flawed. It is. It is. So. It, it, but again, I think you you hit on something. You love you love a good loot grind. Yeah. Well, and I didn't even touch on the story because it's yeah, it's a bit. <laughs> the, the acting and the story so were like bad. not even grade B. I mean, Ooh, a journal, <laughs> a journal. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's so I, you know, it's not just the loot is big to me, but I think yeah. there's other aspects of the game that hold it back, which is a shame, right? Because there is something there. Definitely, you know, there, there is a good core that they could have done really well. In. So why do we give? kudos to an outriders where it's like really great gameplay but like the story is bad and yeah. you know i don't know game b has a really great story but maybe not as good gameplay like what what gives like when you're rating a game a seven ains yeah. what does your scale look like <laughs> oh, i'm here too <laughs> fine luke what, well, what, let, what let, does your score look like let, yeah, let's start with score because i think if we just openly talk about what makes a game good, there's so many different aspects to that. Mm-hmm. So I, you mentioned Metacritic, and I think one of the things we should talk about is, in my opinion, and I, I really stress this with all the people that review games for SG, is if we're going to have a 1 to 10 scale, let's have a 1 to 10 scale. Um, it, literally, the scale now is like 5 to 10 on a good day and maybe 6 to 10 for most sites. Yeah. Um, I mean, 90% of their games are in the 6 to 10 range. And, and if a game gets a 6 or a 7 people assume it's a bad game. Yeah. And and it's just like a five. If we're using a one to 10 scale, five should be an average game, not a bad game, an average game. Yeah. Um, and we just don't do that anymore. So now you've gotten Metacritic has really driven to Luke's point. It's really driven this perception of, you know, if it's not over like an 80, you know, an eight or an 8.5, mm-hmm. ah, game's all right. It's not very good. And, you know, if it, God forbid it gets like a 65, that game's garbage. It's terrible. Yeah. Um, it's- and it's just like, it's fundamentally kind of skewed our our view and how games should uh you know i guess be reviewed or perform yeah and it, it goes to the idea of how are they getting that metacritic out because if a site only ha- has a five star rating and they're equating a, a four star to an 80 and a 4.5 to a 90 well there's a lot of in between there that is subtly very valuable yeah and it gets sacrificed and then if you've got certain places using a 100 point scale where it's like no, 9.2 that makes a big difference as well. Yeah. So it's, um, it's funny you mentioned that because we, we used to be one through 10 with just whole numbers. Mm-hmm. And like two years ago, we switched to uh, adding the 0.5s. Mm-hmm. And we, we actually had a big discussion about that. We were like, mm-hmm. okay, is there, you know, is there enough variation between, say, an 8 and a 9 to require an 8.5? Mm-hmm. What does an 8.5 look like versus an 8 or a 9? Um, you know what I mean? And we, we talked about it for a while and we finally landed on doing the 0.5, but no more. We think that that's about as much as you want to delineate. Like the IGNs where they're like, this is an 8.4. It's like 8.7. Yeah. What's an 8.4 compared to an 8. If you can't tell me what an 8.4 is compared to an 8.3, then your scale is broken. That shouldn't, you know, that just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Yeah. I think it made more sense pre-metacritic really and truly before when it, when you could have a bit more subtlety and, and subjectivity and before metacritic meant dollars yes. before it, it factored into 
how games could be would be marketed and used. And uh, you know, the original the question you asked a few moments ago uh, was, you know, what when a game's got a good gameplay loop, game A does, but then game B has a decent gameplay loop but a better story. What's the difference? When in my mind, it comes down to what was I sold on to get me into that experience. How did they or somebody else try to get me into the game? And God of War is going to come up in our discussion, as will Cyberpunk and a few others. But when I think about some of the bigger games, what brought me to it? And when I think about some of the ones that disappointed on those critic scales, Crackdown is the one that that comes to my mind. I love Crackdown 3. Joe and I used to meme it to death because I just love Crackdown 3. (laughs) But, But what brought me to that game was jumping around, becoming overpowered, and getting orbs. Yeah. I got exactly what I was told I was going to get. Okay. Uh, well, let me rephrase. I got exactly what I t- was told in the last three years of its development I was going to get. Yes. <laughs> Not a teaser trailer. <laughs> um, but any any veteran gamer would know, never never trust a teaser trailer. It doesn't matter who's making it, what they're doing. It's Nope, nope, nope. nope. Remember yeah, think, good, good and Evil 2? Beyond Good and Evil 2? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Remember that teaser? Own development, apparently, despite Michael Hansel just retiring to go <laughs> make food. Um, <laughs> which is not, that's not a joke. That's a true story. Yeah, it's true. I'll just do cutlery. His <laughs> <laughs> last bit of advice, make the so, monkey cuss. <laughs> I think you, you make a good point is, there, I think there's a lot of aspects. So, like, we, I've had long conversations with people around when we review a game what's the approach to your point? Like, how do you decide a score to give it? And I think there's a lot of things. So one of them is exactly as you said, what is this game attempting to be? And what did the company try to sell? Right? What are they? What is this game? What are they presenting to us? The other is, depending on the type of game, how does it compare to its peers? Right? Like, you can't, it's very hard It price, take price point out of it. I usually do price point doesn't matter, right? Because if you take a game like, um, I don't know. I don't have a good example. Fall here. Guys. I don't know. Okay, Fall Guys. And yeah. let's say, how much was that? Forget the PS Plus thing. Right, 20, 20, bucks. 20 bucks. Okay, so $20. And you say, okay, what is this game trying to be? And you say, it's a uh, multiplayer title up to four players on the team, if you want, or, or together, if you will. And competitive multiplayer, you can play it endlessly, and there's a loop. You can buy things if you want. And you you would compare it to other titles that do something in that vein. Like mm-hmm. when I when I reviewed uh cyberpunk you want to go there we can i reviewed it put almost 150 hours into it um and i told people With his yellow chair <laughs> sold out sold out you clown yeah, apparently i was given this chair and yep. all kinds of things happened sold um, out dude so you know i told people look if you're waiting on my review this is you're gonna wait a while because there's no way you can review a game like cyberpunk unless you're putting an extreme amount of time into it yeah because mm-hmm. I, I know what the world means right so you take that game and you look and you compare it to games like witcher 3 and big open world rpgs right assassin's creed valhalla those types of games but you can't take a game like returnal right and come in and say well how does this compare to witcher 3 you just can't do that they're completely different experiences and so i think if if a developer is trying to create a returnal and you say okay it's fast-paced polished shooting mechanics roguelike procedural generation then those are the aspects you have to consider. You say, okay, how is the combat? Is it fluid? Is it polished? Is it fun to play? How the procedural generation, is it unique? Is it creative? Does it make you want to explore the worlds or is it empty? Um, You know, you you have to look at what the game's trying to present and give you. And I think focus it on that. Yeah. 
Um, the one thing I, I, I kind of feel liberated when we're having this talk because <laughs> on the trophy room, it's one thing that I've always taken away is like, I hate scores. Mm. I hate having to give something a number. Yep. I just, I hate it because it's just relegating it to this number that means different to so many other people. A seven is passable yeah. to one person. It's awful to the other. Yep. And you get into this, like he said, she said thing. Right. So I, we don't do it to me. So, I, it, what's up? Sorry. I'm sorry, Joe. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I was just going to comment on that to say that we used to, I don't know if you found this, but mm. running a site, right. We used to not give scores for the same reason. We used to write paragraphs and then we talk about it on BitCast. Mm -hmm. And that was our review, right? We actually switched to scores because traffic on reviews mm -hmm. is driven mm -hmm. fundamentally yep. by scoring. And the only way you can get on the open critic or Metacritic is to have a score. You can't do it otherwise. Because everybody's just using their, their everybody's just scrolling down to the bottom and seeing that number. I know. So let, let me jump in on, on that part because back when I used to be a journalist, one of the things that um, I don't think it's in the aid, but, but Major League Soccer would do is they would track how long users were on an article, where the video was in the article for the game or the picture, how far they scrolled and how long they remained on certain sections of the page. Yeah. If they were doing that in 2013, goodness knows that technology was around for much longer <laughs> and that the IGNs, the GameSpots, the Game Informers, any other a uh, higher oh, yeah. higher level group would be able to track were people reading it, spending time yeah. in the, the text, or were they scrolling down to the bottom? And uh, I remember a time where re review scores were at the top of reviews. Yep. Those yes. went away, of course, for the same exact reason. Traffic, time spent, and the way that ads are displayed on pages. Yeah. yeah. And so the one thing that I love, like... There are a few people, uh, YouTubers that I trust to do reviews. And I think it's the, the, the one thing is you're, you're trying to find the person that speaks to you. There, are, there's people like skill up that I'm like, I know when I'm listening to this guy, he, we have the same taste usually. Mm -hmm. So if he likes a game, I'm going to like that game. Uh, there's people like ACG where, um, I love the metric of just like, should you buy it? Should you wait for a sale? Should you just not touch? And, and that's, that's the thing that I love because I hate me, that, it's about, by the way. Really, you hate it? Interesting. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah, because I'm just like, don't don't give me a number. Just tell me if it's worth it or not. Yeah, but and see, if it's the, not worth it day one, then just tell me if it's worth it. Yeah, maybe maybe, maybe compared to a number, that's good. But I don't think that scale does any good for me because, like I said right at the start, you know, someone mm -hmm. else's interpretation of what should be bought means nothing to me. And 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 that's why you got to know the person behind whatever the behind the review. So like for us. To me, it's about like the conversation of, you know, Kyle reviewed um, MLB The Show 21 and he goes in way in depth into like what what he liked, what he didn't, where where he falls. And I'm just like, at the end of it, I'm like, do you recommend this? And he's like, yeah. And here's the conditions in which I recommend it. And I'm like, cool. And I think that recommendation does more than like, yeah. And I rated a 9.7. Because I'm a scientist, you know. <laughs> um, that's 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 what I like. I like the conversation about yes. women, like you breaking down outriders to the points where you don't like it. I find that super fascinating, and it cuts out all the bullshit to me. And that that's 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 why I like reviews like these, which is like an open conversation. 
I, I think you touch on something there that's interesting. I got in, in a debate on Twitter about a year ago, year and a half ago, about reviewing games and how much opinion should be in a review. And I mm-hmm. basically fundamentally said that, you know, you need, I, I've already said it right. What's the game presenting? How does it compare to its peer titles in the industry? There's a lot of, I, in my opinion, factual things that you can look at in a review. Um, there's always going to be some level of opinion because some people like things other, you know, more than others. Yeah. But I think, I think if you're doing a good job on the review, I, I, it actually annoys me when people say a review is just an opinion. It's like, uh, it, it can be. And in a lot of times it is, I get that. But if it's a good reviewer, in my opinion, there should be a lot of factual things in a review that can't really be debated. So I, I, I believe that, I'm thinking about uh, two things here. First, the ACG scale of buy, sale, and uh, don't buy. Don't touch. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, never touch. It's Um, like buy, rent, wait, or don't touch. And rent was replaced with deep, deep sale uh, or something. I forget how he says it because we don't rent anymore. And I often use the deals with gold or PlayStation Plus specials and go buy a game every week or so. Kind of like I'm renting. Like if it's a four, five, six, seven dollar game, I'll go buy it just to play it and try something, you know. Yeah. Um, so I like that scale for that reason, because when someone says it's a rent or a rate for sale, I know I'm thinking, okay, it's budget for what it's marketing me at. If it's marketing me at this, I want it on, I want it budgeted from wherever it's starting price was. That tends to be how I think of, of that. Not a, is it $70? Is it $60? More of a, okay, they they think it's worth this, what they're selling it at, but now it's on sale for X dollars or whatnot. So that's where I, I tend to come from there. But Ains, I know exactly what you are saying as far as the like you you expect some factual information in your reviews. There are some yeah. things that should be indisputable and objectively clear. But I don't like the, the idea of saying a, re, an, a review is not an opinion. By definition, it has to be. It has to be, right? When you're when you're scoring something that is a judgment, not like you know this player hit the puck into the net. That's a score. That's a point. Yeah, of course. Goal. That's why I said there has to be some level of opinion in it. Absolutely. I'm not saying it's not an opinion. It's just it, there's a I think there's a vast gulf between some people's reviews, which mm-hmm. are pure opinions where they're just ranting about what they do or don't like mm-hmm. versus someone who takes time to review a game, break it down, you know, give you all those facts and then say, here's what I think about the that aspect. And I think we see the difference of that in enthusiast sites. And it's something we've talked about before when people are, are spread too thin, trying to cover everything, their reviews yeah. or coverage gets bad or, or just it suffers as a result of it. Yeah. Um, I liked your criticism of Outriders a lot. None of none of the loot stuff is something I even care about. In fact, my eyes kind of glazed over. I bet if we rolled back because it's just not how my brain functions and it's not what I was going for. But I understood everything that you were saying. So if you rate it as a... Mm, rent or not, I'm not touching it or I'm just I'm not in five out of ten whatever that our scale would be yeah I know why you feel the way you do and versus, that's important that's yeah, important. go ahead no no well, no you're you're I'm just saying that's important because at the end right the, sh- the reviewer should qualify how important the aspects that they've talked about are to them that's yeah. exactly what you're nailing right and mm-hmm. I know Steve who did our review for Outriders actually for the site he spent a lot of time on it and he it was almost funny because in our SG chat, he's like, he was making jokes about how difficult it was to review for that reason. The reasons we already talked about. It's like got fun things over here and then maddening things. And mm-hmm. I remember one day he's like, 
He's like this review, guys. He's like, I, I don't know what to do. He's like, I 25% love this game. I 25% hate it. And 50% of me is confused by it. And I was like, well, you need to just detail out all of those aspects, right? Like, that's mm -hmm. what you have to do. Um, so I think you're right on point. I think you're right on point with that. Because it should be clear to the reader, to your point, that, okay, his big criticisms, I'm going to make something up here, but say his big criticisms were the loot system, the world tier system, and the story. Right. Mm -hmm. And then you might think to yourself, well, you know, I don't care as much about the loot because I just want to play the game for fun. Um, the story doesn't mean a whole lot to me because I love the gameplay loop. So even though he's rating it a five, say uh, it sounds like it could be a solid seven or eight game to me. So I'm going to try. It. And mm -hmm. I think that's that's what people should do. Yeah. Yeah. Joe, do you want to add anything on that that aspect of it? No, because I it, like I. I it, it always strikes me odd when people are fascinated by the number. Cause it's like, to me, it's not a, I don't, I don't care. Like I, I Did think you used only, to be though. I, yeah. When I was a kid, you know, and I, my, when? my brain uh, <laughs> back in 2006, <laughs> like three years ago, when three I was a years kid. ago when I was just a young pup, uh, that's when like it, it mattered to me. But now it's like, you know, I look, I bought returnal because of previews. Right, mm -hmm. I don't have the full review. That could be the best two hours in the game shit afterwards. But <laughs> I, you know, if the consensus is there, then I'm like, okay, cool. You know, I'll, I'm not a bullshit. If I see the Metacritic for a game's like a 50 when it when 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 the game comes out, I'm 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 taken aback and I, I need more information. But I'm not. Yeah. yeah, I'm not going to just cast it out because I think the one thing it goes back to what makes a game tick for you. Sea of Thieves is a game that is a six. Yeah, wherever you range it on a Metacritic, it's like 69 who or 67. That is one of my favorite games this generation uh, because like Luke pretends he's the boss. And I think that's hilarious because no one really listens to him. But like that, that game is so much fun to me because you just forget everything in the world and you're just like, I'm on a boat with my friends. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so like, I don't care that that game is rated anything. It's my, my person is not attached to that number. You know, I, I feel like the people that should only really give a shit about that number are the devs that poured their heart and soul into it. Uh, and which, I, is, you know. which is a shame, right? Yeah. yeah. I'm, so I, it's funny you said Sea of Thieves because I wrote down at, before we capped off this aspect of the conversation, one of the things I was going to bring up is I appreciate reviewers or sites or anyone that takes the time to go back and review something as it's evolved. Yep. Sea of Thieves in 2017 was a six at best, mm -hmm. at best. Now, I, I think it re would review far higher. In fact, I've gone back and listened to some of the bigger sites during during the pandemic. They went back and did this to live service games and see if these got its 2020 review and, and so yeah. did several other live service games. And I like that. I appreciate it because that game is nothing like the one that came out. And it's a disingenuous review to go and think, okay, do I need to go play this game right now and think that it's and is it worth my time, money, investment, any of that? And if you're playing the old version and cyberpunk will go through this as well, you know, like once it gets a few more things cleaned up and the next gen patch, whatnot, it's going to have a completely different review score two years from now than it does or than it did and does at, at present as it should, if things are corrected and fixed. And that's the big difference. Which is amazing because it's already at a 90. 
Is it is it Metacritic setting ninety? Yeah. So let's bring up this this aspect. Unless it's an eighty nine, but it, it was a ninety like after launch. Sure, ballpark. We're not nitpicking yeah. for for this type of discussion. That's a silly fanboy thing. But um, the, the I was looking at the, the numbers today. They it they in re- refunding Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. Yes. It cost them two million dollars. <laughs> yes. Out of three hundred plus million dollars that they yeah. made initially. That's that a, was and a, remember that's in twenty twenty. So like yes. that's not even factoring the next four months, right? Of the year. They've already sold 14 million copies. And that's not factoring in the fact that the well, I mean it is factoring, in, but like we're not noting that the PlayStation store doesn't have it available digitally right, right now. There's no next gen patch. We're only on patch like 1.2 yeah. overall, I believe. I have not touched Cyberpunk. I am one of that one percent, uh, because it did break down to one percent that refunded the game. Okay. I was like, nope, I'm holding off on this. I have played my share of buggy games and i'm not paying full price for one that's a mess when i know and this is the big difference when i know that it's going to be getting attention and fixed uh so i i I stay away from a lot of games when they launch that are in that realm i think that's fair so is cyberpunk great is it i've not played it is that a good (laughs) or great game given that it is that it launched in the state that it did. And before Ains, you reviewed it. So I hold yeah. on yours for a minute. Okay. Joe, weigh in on this one, particularly considering your the community re- you you tend to represent with PlayStation. I'm gonna grab another beer for this conversation. <laughs> You're gonna need it's it. right there. Take it two seconds. Um hold on, guys, guys, Ains, we were late because it was Ains, okay? Yeah, Ains was Ains, just like he refused one more drop. to be here like, on time. One more drop, guys. I think we can get this. You think we can do it. I think we can yeah. do it. And I'm like, yeah. Ains, we got a show to do. It was you know, ridiculous. I, I, got, yeah. I moved my, my family around. We're a bunch of Puerto Ricans. We're so loud. I was like, guys, get out of the room. We're about to record. And he's like, is no, 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 just with one me right more. Now. Just one and that's why when you look yeah. at Cyberpunk's review score, sometimes the Metacritic is just deceiving because it's going to change. And okay, so back to it, back to your point, Joe. Yes. As a PlayStation, with, with them it being having it off the store, is that impacting it? <sighs> yes. I mean, I think Cyberpunk uh CD project wants that game on that storefront. They know the majority of people are going to go and buy that game digitally, especially now. Uh, so yeah, they definitely want it back on the store. That's why they're patching it so much. And I think even the sales numbers kind of proved, even when it was pulled off the PlayStation store, I think physically it outsold from on PlayStation and Xbox. So like they, they know yeah. they, the yeah. way more PlayStations and it didn't, that marketing deal didn't seem to. Exactly. It's all about work. perception though. It's, it's, yeah. it's my chair. So, you know, yeah, they definitely want on the store. Is it a good game at the state I played it in? No, it people were disappearing. Cars, I remember cars outright disappearing. My save app kept on getting corrupted. I have to start like three hours before where I was. It was so hard to get into because the moment to moment bugs for me just broke the experience for me. So I was just like, you know what? I tried to give this game the benefit of the doubt. I'm going to leave it until until the next gen patch it's 40 bucks and there's no risk for me, but until then I I can wait. So for what I played of it, I couldn't recommend it to anybody who owns a PlayStation. You played on PS4 pro. If I remember correctly. Yeah, no, it was on five. 
So like the game, yeah, the game ran smooth, but it was just buggy. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. I'm waiting for that game to hit 30. That's where I'm at. Digital 30, I'm in. Ains, you have a very different take on this. And maybe not as different as you may think, but. Okay. All right. Then then, uh, learn me. Learn me. (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, so I played on Series X and PC. Played on both. Um, and my PC is not top tier. I don't have like 3090 and all that, but it's, it's a strong PC. Um, <clears throat> so Series X, as I understand it anyway, was kind of the next best place to play it besides PC because, remember, they're not upgraded for next gen. They're Xbox One and, and PS4 versions. Um, so to Joe's point, um, you know, I did experience all kind of the normal bugs that people were talking about, the, the normal ones. And by normal, I mean... Uh, people would disappear. Uh, you know, I once saw a car literally coming out of this cement or <laughs> gravel, like <laughs> like yeah. it was coming up a ramp through the road. Uh, you know, I, I saw stuff like that um, relatively frequently. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't, I was fortunate enough, I didn't have anything game-breaking. I never had any problem with saves. Um, I didn't have anything where missions were problematic or couldn't complete or none of those major ones. I had a, I think I had like two crashes ever after final release. Um where, you know, the game just dashboarded and, you know, and I'd have to relaunch it. So, I mean, I did see some issues. I think where I really struggled with Cyberpunk is <clears throat> we saw a lot of reviewers. And in fact, I, I specifically remember one reviewer say they put 40 hours into the game. And the problem with a game like Cyberpunk, and obviously people who have played these massive games extensively, uh, and I always go back to Witcher 3 just because it's the easiest comparison here. Um, there's people out there that have put you know, a thousand plus hours in The Witcher 3. It's that good, you know, and people can replay that game multiple times. I've played it three times and you can experience things differently. Um, It's just the nature of the game because the world is so diverse. And so I knew going into Cyberpunk, okay, we know the scope of this game and what they're trying to do to really experience what this game is looking to achieve. Going back to our initial conversation, right? you're going to have to put 120 minimum hours into this, right? To finish it, do the side quests, experience the characters. And that's what I did. And I took my time, did the full game. I I went through it literally completely with every side mission once, Um, did two different endings. And then I played about a fifth of the way through on PC separately. Um, And the problem is I understand Joe's thing. Like if bugs annoy you, and people disappearing annoy you, especially if you're having save issues. That's another problem entirely I luckily didn't have. If you're having those type of problems, I understand completely, right? I understand the game should be reviewed in that state. And I understand people wanting a refund or, or not finishing it. Um, my thing is the problem, the really troubling thing with Cyberpunk for me is that the core of the game and the character development and the story and especially some of the late game stuff that happens, obviously no spoilers here, but as you get to know the arc of um, Johnny's character yeah. um, and the, the late kind of it, the game is set up so that you have these personal relationships with specific characters and you do several side missions with each of them to get to know them better and have relationships and all this stuff. They're mm. fucking incredible. They're incredible. It's some of the best storytelling and character development I've played in a game, literally. Mm. Mm. Um, and so that's where it's really tough when you get to the end of it to say, and if you look at my review, I have a paragraph at the top and it says, we have talked extensively about all the bugs and issues. Um, I'm reviewing this game as it's meant to be presented in its best state. 
basically saying if you're playing on a high-end PC and you're not seeing, you know, 95% of these bugs, this is what I'm reviewing. And that's yeah. how I reviewed it. Um, but I, I did want to qualify it because I know people playing. I talked to, uh, you know, Leonidas in the community on GPTB. Yeah, he was awesome. playing on an Xbox One S. And he sent us some clips. And I was like, "That's oh, that just looks unplayable. I mean, it, yeah. it just... It was like 14 frames, you know, mm-hmm. and like there, there's one person on the street and they look blurry. You know what I mean? It was just a mess. And it's yeah. like, it's like, I get it. You know what I mean? Um, so it, it, I think that's probably been one of the toughest games to accurately or not accurately, but to review out of any game I've ever experienced because the, the experience between top to bottom was so drastically different. Two things flag me in there, and and mm. Jay, give me one sec, but the the crashes and the save corruption yeah. are no goes for me. Yeah. That will tank an experience in a heartbeat. Watch Dogs Legion yeah. was almost my game of the. I loved that game. I until, love that game too. Until this one mission cycle where it kept deleting my progress, and then I would realize that wait, side progress is, wasn't saving in some cases, and it really irked me because. As much as I love the game, I don't want to arbitrarily replay the same thing over sure. and over with no new experience. And so that really destroyed my love for an otherwise, I think, great game. Yeah. Um, now, to that point, Legion's not not winning Game of the Year awards yeah. um, in, in, a, in a shallow year, whereas much less a competitive one. Yeah. But I really uh, appreciated a lot of my experiences with it. But the save bugs, anyone that said that broke my experience would be like, yeah, bad. That's yeah. bad. And I hear, yeah. go ahead. Sorry, sorry. Well, say I often and I accidentally transition because it made me think of. I often hear Joe and Kevin argue about uh, some games just being bad. Joe will likes to say it's a bad game. It's a bad game, and <laughs> I'm always like, no, it's not a bad game. If it's fun and it's playable, it's okay. Bad to me is unplayable or broken. I think Avengers is the one that we uh, talk about a, a lot game. of late. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it's fine. Uh, to me, it's the most mediocre of mediocre. I was always going to buy accident superheroes, but like pretty sure. disappointed as I played it, you know? It's actually funny um, you bring that up because I haven't played it, but I've heard that the story in the game is actually mm-hmm. really good. And uh, great good. story. Who's the main yeah. character? Uh, um, stretchy Girl. Yeah. Miss <laughs> Marvel. Yeah. Miss Marvel. Miss Marvel. But I, I hear like she's really great. Camilla Khan. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. it's kind of funny because it goes back to what we were saying, whereas there's a lot of other aspects that are undesirable and it, it has a good story. Mm-hmm. It's like, where do you put that? Well, I want to play Iron Man. That's the thing. I want to be an Iron Man. I wanted to play Anthem Light, you know? Yeah. I just wanted to fly around and be cool. Anybody that's going there for that, Not disappointed. I went out to my homies. Um, you know, I, 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 I'm with you there, like, I sometimes exaggerate. Sure, we also yeah, have this stuff, fun, the, yes. the conversation of like Kev's like Last of Us isn't a good game. You you're like it's not fun. Okay, and, pause, 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 pause. Because that brings me to my other thing. Oh, go Joe. for it. Transition. Yeah, that, that brings me to the other thing is this past week Dice Awards, PlayStation yeah. game, PlayStation game, PlayStation game. That's how you know they're dead. Last of Us was all yeah, really. Last of Us was all up in there. Can't I do not like that game. I'm sorry, I just do not have fun with it at yeah. all. And I think we've talked about that briefly, but it is not fun for me to play Last of Us. The game is miserably sulky all the time, very pretentious in a lot of different ways. I just do not enjoy it at all. 
Mm-hmm. I appreciate the immaculate animation, the brilliantly beautiful art, the voice acting that is nearly top notch, a little bit over the top in some spots, but really and truly just top notch of its industry. We talk about I, one, two, or both? Two, two, okay. but you could argue both, really, in yeah. their time, both. Um, and just wait for that remaster. Uh, <laughs> but the game wasn't fun. It fun. was not fun. I played through the whole thing. Really tried to give it a go because I wanted to be able to have these conversations. But I so didn't I, have I, any good, good time. I, I can see both sides of this. And I've had this discussion. Because it and you know what? Let's go for it. This goes back to Red Dead 2. Oh, D- diff, different people find different aspects of games fun. Yes. That's just, I mean, that's a fact. So when Luke says Last of Us and, and recognizes all the... Uh, kind of triple a developmental things in the game right and how well it does certain aspects but it's not fun to play mm-hmm. i can completely understand that um now i'm the type of person like last of us part one is one of my favorite games of all time um easily top 10 it's actually easily top five i got um, good news Ains. you're gonna get to play I'm that again, again. <laughs> and, I, and i'll be one of the guys that's there 70 bucks 80 bucks 100 bucks i don't yeah. care i'll be there part of the problem yeah, yeah. i know i know um but for me, and because, and, and, and I don't want to get dark here, but I love horror movies. I love, mm-hmm. for whatever reason, I love, this is going to sound really weird. I love experiencing dark things. Sure. And so the world in Last of Us and that kind of really tough, dark, emotional, stressful setting is fun to play through for me because of two reasons. One I just like playing through that kind of stuff. And two, I, I really appreciate game development. And and like, I've always kind of studied coding. I think I told you guys, I coded in the past and I, I grew up reading about how games are made and the aspects. And so like playing through a game that's so immaculately immaculately done in, in so many aspects, it's fun for me to just see how they did it and to think through, shit, how did they do that? And wow, the yeah. way they wrote that scene and choreographed it and the cinematic is just incredible you know so that's what i get i bring up red dead 2 because i again i can see the people like joe who's like the game's boring or or both of you i think um Mm -hmm. where it's like the game's boring and and i i get it i i completely get it but to me like literally riding a horse into the wilderness and seeing a possum run across and then play dead in front of me and then as I go by it, it jumps up and then an eagle swoops down and picks it up, you yeah. know, and like mm-hmm. seeing that kind of stuff happen, my mind is just blown because my mind goes, holy how shit, how did they did do that? that? How like, did that script happen? Yeah, yeah, it's like, holy hell. And that's one of like a hundred examples in Red Dead too. Yeah. I value um, that a lot as well in, in, in the environment. Like, how the fuck did you just make this feel so real? Far yeah. Cry 3 did that well too. Yeah, Very yeah different there's a lot of games to do. But, but I, again, I can completely understand why people playing Red Dead 2 would be like, man, I'm just bored. I mean, it's like yeah. very fine people, both sides. Got it. <laughs> Ainsley Bowden. Uh-huh. <laughs> cool. Uh, well, I think we need to draw a line somewhere there. But. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, Joe, Ains yeah. brings up, he brings up the boring and, and awful Red Dead 2. Oh I've never God. played it ever. Um, Guys, but audience, it does not. Please help me. Please help me. <laughs> We got one guy thinks it's boring. One guy's talking shit on it and hasn't played it. Is it yeah, it's me. Hey, it's audience. Me. It's me. <laughs> Ever watch the movie Tombstone? Yes. Just watch the movie Tombstone. You don't need to 
play this overly pretentious piece of shit. Uh, no, I'm listen. happy to brush. I'm happy to ride my horse into the wilderness and watch a possum play dead. No, but if honestly, I have to brush that thing to yeah. make it happy, what are you talking about? No, I'm not. I literally, I'm not doing that. I'm not. I'm putting my gun in the holster every time. Like. Get out of here. Get out of here. I hate it. There's so many times I forgot my heavy gun on my horse. It was just, it's a game, Rockstar. Remember that. And that's, yeah. You keep I, doing you, Rockstar. Grand Theft Auto 6, we have to pay mortgage, but like for real. <laughs> yeah, but for real, though. Yeah. So I, I appreciate in. a lot of what Rockstar or what Red Dead 2 does. It's not my favorite. I, I feel maybe like the way some people feel about The Last of Us 2 is like, Last of Us 1 was great and this thing's an abomination. That's how I feel about Red Dead, where Red Dead 1 is one of my favorite games of all time. I think it's. It's there. It's in the top five for sure. Yeah. And I read that too. I was, I was so psyched for it. I, I don't like, know how they made one even better. You know what I mean? By God, golly, geez. I had this accent ready for, for all, all whatever. And I was uh, let down. Did you actually finish it? I got all the way. I know to the, the answer is no, but I'm asking you anyway. Because I you beat, wouldn't be talking I like this if you did. I beat the Marston stuff. Or I got to the, very spoilers. I got to the, the prologue. Okay. And I was like, I don't feel like doing this again. How long is this? How long is this? What are we doing here? Well, and that, if, if, you know, the prologue ends basically right where Red Dead 1 picks up. I knew it. I knew it. I knew that was what was going to happen, too. Oh, that's, the whole point of, that's the whole point of the prologue. What if felt nothing. So, that's that. <laughs> um, you, you were going to mention the real game of the year 2019 2018 Luke. but it's or 18 not. sorry well god of war is is where this whole topic came from yeah joe and i are i'm gonna without... pull up metacritic real quick go ahead uh, yeah because we've proven how effective that is <laughs> we spent 45 minutes clarifying that it was not useful um so the audience the where this really came from was one of our just just chat threads where I said, and I mean wholeheartedly, that God of War is the best game ever made. Mm -hmm. God of War, to me, is the absolute best game ever made. It is fun to play. It is a brilliantly acted, beautiful, well-scripted uh, game. The, the music, the sound is all incredible. The story is just wonderfully well-written. Uh, and it's fun, and it's beautiful. And it's just, uh, you you're, are You're already repeating yourself. You ran out Not already. You, did you I, did I say five in like 10 seconds? Yeah. More like I go back to that point because that's what stands out. And there are moments in that game that are revelatory, that are as impactful to me as Red Dead 1's revelation was uh, in that game. There are moments that are just on the level of John Marston dying. You know, it's just like incredible. That's Red Dead 1 and you had 10 years to play it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Knock it off. We, I, I wasn't shaking my head for spoilers. I was shaking my head oh. to, to say that that was anything in God of War is as impactful as that. But go ahead. Yeah, absolutely, no. there was. Are we spoiling that too? Find no, no, find. I won't. No, I wouldn't spoil God of War. That's too. That's too fresh. I won't. For but, me. For me. Joe, Joe wants to take this one. I'm gonna take it. I'm gonna take it. <laughs> uh, God, God of War um, is a really like intimate game. Uh, it's it. The God of Wars one through three had a lot of intimacy. No, yeah, oh yeah, well, but like emotional intimacy. Oh, uh, uh, where not like college for me, yeah, I think 
the you talk about things that break your brain. The one camera shot breaks my brain constantly. Just thinking about it, like that, that would be a feat on a PS5 or a Series X. This doing it on the tech that they did is just astounding. At the same exact time, uh, the story as well for me. Uh, I'm a you know let's technically the second generation uh hispanic my father is a is an immigrant from spain my mother is um you know her 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 grandpa was also from spain grandmother puerto rican right off the boat made it in america the american dream what uh, what have you so you know i am definitely atreus in that game because when i look at kratos that's my dad He's stoic. He doesn't show any type of emotion. Um, and he's kind of a dickhead to me. And it's <laughs> as a kid, me going, why is my dad such a dick to me? <laughs> They're together. It's not like I look like my mother and he hates me because of it. They very much in love. <laughs> but like it, it is it is the, the it disconnect. Is There's two moments where it, it speaks to me. When he Atreus is reading Greek or and teaching Greek to Kratos, I remember as a six-year-old reading to my dad from Emmanuel because he he literally picked up how to read by himself. He taught himself how to how to speak English. So that moment, I translated it to when I was six years old, and I was just, well, fuck. And I remember an argument that I had with my grand with my dad when my grandpa passed, and he said something kind of cavalier, and I was just like, or, or I took something offensive. Something something happened where I was very emotional, and my dad's like, "Get over it." And I'm just like, "How the? How are you able to to just hold it in? How how are you this robotic? How are how are you like this and I'm not? That is a legitimate conversation you have right after you fight the the dark elves. And I was just like, I think Corey Barlock was in the room when I was, you know, 17 years old, yelling at my dad like, "Why don't you understand me?" Like that was genius to me. I think you're touching on something important too. Um, so let me ask this question straight out then, Joe, do you also feel God of War is the greatest game of all time? So I love bloodborne. I don't know yeah, I know. That's know why this. I'm asking. Yeah. But system system wise, like get, getting taken off of the, the nostalgic glasses of bloodborne. Yes. I think, I think pound for pound God of War does it in the gameplay department for me. I feel like a fucking Greek god when I'm throwing the axe around and just how it feels when I catch it. I think the story is, to me, one of the most connected stories I feel to, to a story. Um, and I think the acting, definitely by Atreus and um, and by Kratos, are just like, you, Kratos, at, I hated Kratos. As a as a kid growing up, I never got the appeal of God of War because like he's just angry and he has three some mini games. Like who gives a shit about this guy? <laughs> and walking into God of War, I was still like, I'm expecting a really good game, but this, how am I going to relate to Kratos? And they did yeah. it in 15 minutes. Well, I think I think you touched on something important. And the reason I ask is because what you touched on there and gave the story about, which is really cool, by the way, um, but. That means that that game touched you in an emotional way that you correlated to your own life. Yeah. And when you do that with a game, regardless of what game it is, it's going to quickly escalate your opinion of that game. Um, So I, I, you know, not, I'm not disparaging your, your viewpoint on God of War at all. I'm just saying that there's certain games I hold in that same regard that have 
you know, other people may not uh, appreciate to the same level, but to me, they mean everything. Um, because they just hit me in a certain way. Same way, same way with movies, same way with music, right? I think and, games and can do the same thing. When I'm thinking of like my top three, like my top three games of all time, it's like God of War, Last of Us, Red Dead. Well, and yeah, and see, you've only been alive for like 15 years. So and I've only been alive for 15 here. years. So like, I don't know <laughs> Pitfall or like the Commodore 64 or like, I don't know, the Amiga. I don't get that stuff because... Again, well, I, I think another thing with greatest game of I don't remember time. Walter Mondale. I'm sorry. Uh-huh. <laughs> Rest in peace. Who is that? The, <laughs> the, other oh, thing, the other thing with greatest game of all time is you have to say you have to qualify it a little bit to say, is it of the greatest game of all time based on when it released, or the greatest game of all time forever? Because if you look at, you know, if you look at, say, God of War's impact and what mm-hmm. it represented in 2018, where it was the second best game of the year. Um, okay. Well, real talk. What, what was the first for you? Red Dead. Is Red Dead. Is Red Dead for him? Yeah. Oh my God, that was the same. Come on. Same year. Yeah. He's brush a horse. You're buff, off. bald, and a dad, and you're you're thinking brushing the horse is the one. Again, you haven't played it. This is the problem. <laughs> He's, um, got me. He's got me there. I got nothing. The but, you know, to that point, right, like you could look at a game, uh, I'm trying to think, uh, you know, last, well, let's, Bioshock, I told you guys the other day, Bioshock, the original, um, I think one of the greatest games of all time, uh, top five for me personally, um, I think in 2007, when that game released, it literally changed the conversation of what a narrative journey could be. Mm-hmm. Um and, you know, you see God of War have that same kind of impact. In fact, it's really funny. There's literally two games in six years that at Season Gaming we've given a 10. Two games. And our qualification for a 10 is historic. And we put a lot of thought into that. And what we mean by that is it's a game that fundamentally changes the conversation in the industry. Mm. Uh, to some degree, right? Um, the only games that have gotten a 10 from us is God of War and Red Dead 2. Um, wow, really? Which is kind Breath of funny of the when Wild? you, Breath when of you, Wild when you think about uh, no Breath of the Wild. We yeah. did not get a ten to. In fact, I would not give personally Breath of the Wild an eight. I, I thought that game was drastically overrated. Fuck, Ains. Ains First, I'm with you. Wrong. I'm with you. Like, but like even me, I was like, it's a, it's great. But like, it's a, it's a, it's a good game. No, good. that's a I great think like game. It's, it's great. That open world is garbage garbage <laughs> let me just talk to you you see what we're dealing with you see what we're dealing with this is what we're trying to tell you here like, that's like geez. the redeeming part of the game here. well that's my point if that's the best thing you got for that game then you're not doing a whole lot no real talk the dungeons are, are garbage the shrines got repetitive same and the story's music, not good same background every single time yeah i get and, it the open that's, world, that's you can walk. You can walk for ten minutes and find like a little leaf. I'm like, what yeah. am I doing? This is effing pointless. I think it was called the cuckoo. I don't know how anyone in their right mind, unless you're a Zelda fanatic or Nintendo fanatic, could play a game like Witcher Three and play a game like Breath of the Wild and dare say Breath of the Wild has a good open. iTunes, world. it's mind boggling. If we ever get it on iTunes, please don't let this affect what you rate this podcast. <laughs> Whatever, I don't care I've about our iTunes. Say what you many want. Times. I, I <laughs> think Breath of the Wild is the most overrated game of last generation, bar none. 
Uh, no, shit. Breath of the Wild is fantastic. Now, okay, there are plenty of objective. Go back to our previous conversation. Yeah, yes. sorry, we, we got way off topic there. No, this but. is this is a cast call. We don't care. Um, <laughs> uh, there are plenty of objective complaints that someone might have if they said the weapon breaking became a real problem. I yep. hear you, right? That's an objective criticism. Now, I will argue that mechanic actually makes a lot more sense later game. In, in the types of weapons you're getting and being prepared for a fight and if cooking. it does then why when you get the master sword which i did by the way is that yeah. the, it doesn't break if the, if the weapon breaking is so great and it helps the game then why do you want to achieve to get the weapon that doesn't and break? why and yeah and why once you get it you don't want to get rid of it yeah Same then you don't use any other weapon oh you i don't use it. i think that's part of the motivation no, no 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 i'm i do use it and i think that was part of the motivation but there were several other swords along the way and i'm not again this is nina's I, th- I don't think it ages as well as mm. some of the other Zeldas, but in its time at the moment, absolutely. Absolutely. Three years old. It's not that I old. agree. And that there's, there's something about a switch and Nintendo game that feels different. Uh, ah, in terms see, of an open world. Here it comes. That's a Nintendo I'm, bias. I kind of agree with that. I, <laughs> I, not, not agree with the scoring aspect, but I'm saying I sense that bias within myself because yeah. The only competitor to God of War as the greatest game of all time that I would ever truly entertain would be Witcher 3. And that quest setup does not age as well as I would like, but in its time was near immaculate. I think it could so, be UI and UX could be cleaned up retroactively, you know? Did you finish Witcher 3? Yes. Oh my gosh, what a brilliant. As someone who d- hasn't finished with, Witcher with both 3. expansions too? Um, no, I did what was the, whatever the first one was. Hearts of Stone was the first one. Yes, Blood and Wine I did not, which I hear very good things about, but after, don't give me that, after 150 hours, like, I don't need to play the next thing to, to accurately discuss the game. It was a great, fantastic experience, and honestly, second, be- second best game ever made, maybe? <laughs> maybe, I don't know about that one. God of War feels definitively first. I have no idea what would be second through. I ten. get shit all the time because Horizon Zero Dawn is my game of the year of uh, 2017. Far yeah. and away better game than Breath of the Wild. Far and away. I've heard that, and at the time, tried to play Horizon and just died on me. I could not even be be bothered after like five. I played five six hours, but I will argue, gentlemen, after it has been free for PlayStation Plus with the expansions, yeah. I doubt or I I redeemed it. And I am very interested to go back in. Mm. Very interested. And it's the, Fortnite's the, fault. The only thing that will annoy you in Horizon, as it did, I'm sure, many people, is that to, there's lots of hills and mountains and cliffs and everything because it's got awesome environments. But you literally can't climb up them. Yep. So the one thing I loved in Breath of the Wild was just climbing everything, right? And then mm-hmm. hang gliding and doing all that. That was awesome about the world. I mean, they got one thing right. Um but <laughs> and then it started to rain. Yeah. But then Horizon, uh, yeah, Horizon, you're like, yeah, you have to find a path. You know what I mean? Like that's the only thing that annoys me. But that game's fantastic. The combat in that game is phenomenal. Yeah. But God of War, it sounds like I'm um, me saying God of War is not the greatest game of all time is certainly not to say it's not an absolutely phenomenal game. Um, yeah, I, it, it's I did not take that by the way. <laughs> it's incredible. I, I think if I so I have kind of my top like five or six games of all time. I always talk about, I, I would say God of War would definitely probably, definitely probably, that doesn't make any sense, but it would probably be top 10 for me. Um, mm-hmm. It's everything you guys said. Um, it's highly polished. It's gorgeous. Um, it's the the game, like the combat is like 
visceral I know is overused as a word, but it is. It, it just feels awesome when you're in combat. The story with Atreus is great. Like there's there's hardly I can nitpick a few things with that game, but the, it, it is nitpicking. Um, it is a phenomenal game. Um, so I don't I just don't think it's I think there's better games, but not many. Uh, it's definitely up there. Do you guys apply modern filters to judging a game? Like when I think about Metal Gear Solid, to me, that's one of the best games ever made. True. That's what I was just asking. Do you do you rate it in the era or forever? So the way I do it is how it impacts me emotionally, actually. So for me, like I whittled off of the top three games. It's like, how did it make me feel in that moment? And how do I still still feel about that game now? Like if I take a look at Breath of the Wild, I would have thought back in 2017 or 2016, whatever. It like this was, oh my God, what a game. This is this is the game. But now looking back at it, I'm like, eh, there's a lot of things flawed there. And I definitely had the yeah, the the, the Nintendo bias at the time because oh my God, Nintendo was great again. Um so for me, it's it's how does the, the the game still resonate with me being you know you know being divorced from it for so long? So like I think about Ghost of Tsushima still, and I still get chills at certain parts when I'm thinking back on it, or just like, man, how awesome it was when you wipe the blade, or just the photo mode, and I'm just like, mm-hmm. this is this game, this is my game of the year. I like it. I liked Last of Us Part Two. I thought it was a really great game, but. It was ghost for me. And when I think about Bloodborne, I'm thinking about the bosses and like that tension. I'm like, it's still vibing with me. And that's why mm-hmm. it's it's always up there for so, you know, so high for me. And when I think about God of War, I'm thinking about that combat. I'm thinking about those emotional, you know, cues. And yeah. for me, it is it is kind of last the test of time, but I'm not. I'm not taking it personally if you're like Red Dead or Two is my game of the year, uh, or you know, mm-hmm. it's or God of War has been dethroned by X game because that's the way you do it. Yeah, I think it's funny because you mentioned that because Last of Us is one of the games. So one of my favorite games of all time. I wrote a long, long article on that game and why it is so good. We did a 13-minute video, probably the highest production video Bert and I ever put together on that game. Um, It's just that game touched me. The story of that game and how it was delivered, and especially the ending, um, as a parent especially, um, was just mind-blowing. And I, I think, which is kind of funny in this conversation, is also part of the reason, and I've talked about this in my review too, of part two, is that part two didn't sit well with me. Um, I, I Again, people love to say, well, you didn't get what they were going for. No, I, I'm not fucking stupid. I got it. I, I know what they're going for. Um, but the, the statement I ended with my review of Last of Us 2 is, just because you could doesn't mean you should. And mm-hmm. just because Naughty Dog could tell that story from another angle um, and how they set it up, which was brilliant, by the way. I give them credit where credit's due. Um, you in a way for a lot of people, and I've talked to way too many people about this, in a way you destroyed what Last of Us 1 meant uh, to a lot of people. Yes, And I think that's that's the toughest conversation with that game. But my point, overall it's, point it is, is... And that's why it is it is the Last Jedi of, of mm-hmm. video games. Because from yeah. as a Star Wars fan, you're, you're either expecting something from Luke Skywalker or you're not. And if you're expecting so, if you're expecting him to to you know 
whip out his laser sword and take on the old empire himself. That's not Mm -hmm. happening. And that is going to piss you off if that happens, you know? And and for others, it was just like, well, this is different and I'm with it. Well, I mean, you took, and I don't want to have any spoilers here. I think I'm safe, but Mm -hmm. Last of Us, right? You you spend an entire game, one of the most emotional games ever, in my opinion, uh, story-wise. And you build that relationship with Joel and Ellie, and our pit in particular. So just earmuffs. <laughs> well, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say any specifics. Okay. But you, you know, by the end of that game, you feel like the protector of Ellie and the father figure to Ellie. Period. You do. Um, you get halfway, not even halfway through, a third of the way through Last of Us Two, and you're literally trying to kill Ellie, and you're like, wow. you're like, what the, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> what? are you doing the, the, the why did you do this like i i literally i'm not joking you when i got to that part i put the controller down and i stared yeah. at the screen and i thought to myself i don't even know if i want to play this game anymore um like it just it, it you took a character in gaming that i cherish above almost anyone else she's one of the top five and you you just completely obliterated her through that game for me um and it just i don't know it's weird it's Again, we're on a different topic, but that that's a very strange one for me. But it speaks to the emotional impact and attachment you can feel to a game um, and how, how much that can mean to someone. Again, same way as a movie, right? Um, I mean, you, there's certain movie characters that people are just attached to. Um, and if you were to do them like that in a movie, you'd have outrage on your hands. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking about The Last Jedi comparison and how apt it is. I'm thinking about my experience with Last of Us 1, which... I whole I, I use that in conversation often. Joe, I feel like we had we talked about this recently, but I use that as a barometer often to get non-gamers into gaming and see what it oh, could yeah. be. Yes. Um I remember vividly doing that a couple of times. Moreover, I think Last of Us was special. I still didn't enjoy having I just still didn't enjoy my time with it, but I cherish the memory of it. Whereas with two, it faded. And this is kind of the closing topic that we kind of stumbled into. Sometimes when someone has created greatness, they are free to do more, which makes perfect sense. However, Last of Us 2 would have benefited from an editor. They needed Somebody should have yeah. backed Dr. Uckman back. Somebody should be backing Kojima back a bit sometimes. Uh, even my, my favorite director in Zack Snyder right now. I love that four-hour cut. Me too. Could have probably used some editing and some spots. We don't need everything slow-mo, right? Like you can <laughs> – there are things that sometimes when you are so good, somebody needs to be able to step in and still say, hey, but calm it down, George Lucas. You don't need to use everything. <laughs> and I'm worried don't about Breath of the Wild. <laughs> yeah. I'm worried about Breath of the Wild too for that reason because I love Breath of the Wild too. I really do. But all of your criticisms are very apt, and it makes perfect sense. It doesn't make me love the game less, nor should anything we say make you love or hate a game more or less. And we're all talking about top-tier games. That's obvious. Yeah. But if, less of a, if Breath of the Wild 2 fails to evolve, I will be done with it very quickly because I've played Breath of the Wild 1, just as I had played The Last of Us, and the gameplay didn't really evolve for me. Um for me but if you wanted more of the same you got it you know what i mean and that there's a good benefit of that as well yeah yeah, yeah. you're both looking at, at, at your screens as you gather data for me um would you know yeah. i was actually me- pulling up the uh the video i did on last of us to share with you guys because i think you'll appreciate it 
I I will put it on my queue for for real. Um, when I like this weekend, when I can like look at it and genuinely give it the attention. So, uh, for funsies, for he's not gonna watch audience. it. He's I, I will. <laughs> he's he's gonna watch it as much as he played Red yeah, Dead too. Exactly. Go You've called me Vault Boy so many times. I'm gonna down. I'm gonna. I'm gonna make four counts. I'm gonna make just to make, make you feel better, Luke. I, I did keep this here just so we could refer to it. Oh yeah, you know what? This is great. This is a good show, and I'm glad I'm on it. Um, <laughs> Again, what poll are you gonna trust when it, at night I Luke was odd, obviously he counted all the votes. All no, right. you didn't. There, there are people that have multiple accounts. They probably Luke probably voted eight times against me. I was winning at the at last night or the the night of. I I was losing, and that was good because again. The poll you know, was. I have a recording He's of literally you. stumbling over his words. He's so excited about it's, this. I poll. have a recording of you calling Kevin and trying to ask him to find eleven thousand more votes. It's really weird. <laughs> to you. Well, um, because they're there. If you just take a look, if you did your job, all right, you so found them. A, a funsy for the audience and for us. Okay. okay. To close out. Sure. Remember, we have some reader questions too. A funsy to almost close out. Uh-huh. <laughs> How many times can I say funsy without feeling awkward? Nope, already there. It should have been the first time, but you can keep going anyway. Kept on going. I'm doubling for it. down with it. <laughs> <laughs> and like, it's like a train wreck. Like, I know I need to stop, but I can't. Yeah. Um, so, for funsies for us in the audience, uh, five, five greatest games of all time. Okay. Five greatest games of all time. Uh, what are your five? Okay. And and you don't need to, to explain them or defend yourself. You're not under attack unless you're Ains. Um God of War, <laughs> Metal Gear Solid, okay. uh, Witcher 3. Mm-hmm. You got one so far. Go keep going. Witcher 3, uh, Super Mario Brothers 3. Good pick. I got to think on this fifth one. I gotta think on this fifth one. I love that you yes, asked the I'll question, see. prepared it. You don't even have it's the like, answer. I'll for go, it. and I don't know. <laughs> you know what? Can I just? It's a lot of pressure. It? Go ahead, Joe. Go. Can wing I just it. wing it? Yeah. Uh, for me, the number one game is God of War. Number two, Bloodborne. Last of Us. Red Dead, the original. And for number five, this yeah, is where it gets tricky. Yeah, Only right. kidding. It's Halo One combat what get out of here who are you halo (laughs) one overreach playstation a fake fan (laughs) podcast (laughs) ps Um, fake fan (laughs) mine's easy because i think i have like six that i keep regularly like i talk about this pretty often so i don't have them in a specific order from one to five but um which are three uh and by the way I didn't get the mention. I believe the reason I asked about the expansions is mm-hmm. uh, Blood and Wine. I believe I haven't looked, but it was at one point in time literally the highest rated game on Steam of all time, and it's an expansion. Wow. Like Blood and Wine That's is cool. is remarkable. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, Witcher Three, uh, Red Dead Two, um, Last of Us, uh, Bioshock One, and make sure Last of Us One, not Two. Mm-hmm. Um, holy shit! I'm blanking on the fifth. I think my, no, my I, fifth is Red Dead. Red oh, Dead. Red Dead one. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you need to play twos, so then you then you can update this list. Um and I, I think I'm with Joe Halo CE. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Gotta go with the classic. Because you know, you, you can know say you can't sprint. There, <laughs> there's other Halo games like Halo 4 has my favorite campaign. Yes. But yeah. Halo CE was just 
industry changing and it, mm-hmm. it, it changed my life. Literally. I mean, the things that have happened in gaming for me since because of halo is remarkable. So those are my five. It's funny. I don't play my top five games very often. A lot of them are one and done and my evergreens uh, are sea of thieves, halos. Like that. Sure. It's because yeah. of the impact they have on you. Like last yeah. of us, I've played a few times. Uh, I've played three times actually, but it's not like I'm playing that game regularly. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it's a, 15 hour play it through and come back to it years later. Yeah. I hope um, one day that I go back to Titanfall two and remember and play it. And it's as fondly as I remember the campaign being great campaign. Great. Yeah. Campaign. But 120, 120 FPS as of today. I saw that. I saw that Xbox is dead. Um, <laughs> gents, my tablet and my, and my internet's crapping on me. So I, can, I don't want to risk pulling up the YouTube questions in front of me right now. Would okay. any of you mind reading them off? Yeah. Thank you. That'd be awesome. Yeah. So we got some questions this week and we're going to try and do this every week. So uh, definitely look out for our posts and respond. We're happy to talk about it. And we got some funny ones, of course, too. So Dano, uh, shout out to Dano, who's always a big supporter and always in the chat. Um, thanks, man. He said, which game or movie series do you think should have stopped making sequels? It can be trilogies, anthologies, just an IP with two games. His, an- <laughs> his answer, which is funny, his answer would be Rocky V. I don't think anyone likes Rocky V. Um, but then we got Creed. So, but, you know, I haven't thought about this prior. I got it. Oh, go for it. Aliens should have stopped at Aliens too. Fair. Or Aliens. That's a good, that's a good, that's a good one. Yeah, that's a good yeah. one. Yeah, which I just, Bioshock I just should have stopped at. Don't you say a if you continue that sentence, should have stopped it too. Are you talking bad about Bioshock Infinite? Didn't beat it. It's just wanted to trigger. I, I don't know what I'm doing on the show, guys. I don't know what to do anymore. I don't know what to do anymore. Dino, it's a real easy question. Red Dead should have stopped. Well, Last of Us should have stopped. Oh, okay. And I'm back. <laughs> Alien and Aliens are great. You should have stopped at, at those yeah. two. Although Alien yeah. Three was not terrible, it just isn't as good. Um, Alien Four is trash. It's just yeah. the worst. It's real it's bad. But again, Kid real Joe. Ooh, <laughs> you like you like you like one of those parts, one of those scenes. It's kind of funny too because you think of games like um... uh, the 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 lesbian tension between uh, uh, what's your face um, Ripley and Ripley and the the robot. Uh, what's it? Uh, Renona Ryder. Renona Ryder. And yeah. ever since then, I've been in love with Renona Ryder. Ah, she's cool. She, you, you can you can quote Stranger Things now. You'll be all right. Yeah. Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> Stranger Things. Oh, <laughs> all right, Dano. Thanks for the question, man. Husk uh, over at GBTB, our friends over there. This is. I hope you guys have an answer. He says you have a banana, a paperclip, and a raccoon. Go. Well, I'll tell you right now, if I have a raccoon, his name is Charlie and he's sitting on my shoulder. Okay. He's my buddy there. (laughs) If I got a paperclip, I got to do my taxes somehow. Right. Um, And bananas are full of potassium and I cramp a lot. So it's really good to just get a little little snacky snack in there. I I like your answers, but just to be clear, you're doing taxes with paper and paperclips. Nobody knows how to do their taxes, Ames, right? <laughs> Not even the government. They're like, here's how much, guess how much you owe us. That's going to be it. Well, you might be right. We're not sure. Yeah. Speaking of which, I need All to I say that is that I'm under audit, and it's just, there's just so much paperwork. And I, <laughs> Is that why you haven't released them? Yeah, it's just, I'm, and I'm in the clear. And I'm in the clear, everyone. Uh-huh. That's what I do. And every year yeah. works. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Husk. Uh, Sarko, our brother, <laughs> our brother Sarko. I'm moving on. I'm moving on. Our brother you don't Sarko. want a pet raccoon? I, don't, I may have to explain these games to Joe. I don't know. Okay. 
uh, too human, Dead Space, or Knights of the Old Republic. How Which fucking dare you think you need to explain <laughs> Dead Space to me? No, no, no. <laughs> too human, the game I was joking. Oh, yeah. No, that abomination. Oh, okay. I get it. Okay. Yeah, Which game deserves new life of Dead those Space. three? Okay. Knights of the Old Republic, but dead because Dead Space ages very well, and you can go back and play that game right now. It's great. Knights of the Old Republic, no, you, you need some love. It's okay. funny because too human. No, we can push that over there. Um, <laughs> dead Space or Knights of the Old Republic? I couldn't decide between the two of them because I adore them both, but I think Luke might have just sold me. Um, yeah. Knights of the Old Republic is a lot more dated to go back and play now versus right. Dead Space One and Two, especially, are just amazing. I just think it's like. As much as I know it's beloved and Star Wars community loves it as well, there's all there's so many other Star Wars stories. There's not another Dead Space story that we can tell. So That's I'd rather re, re, you know reboot that IP. That's fair. And Knights of the Old Republic, by the way, supposedly being remade as we as we're speaking. I saw Asper leak that by accident. That, that should not give you confidence. <laughs> uh, Wolfpack, uh, J Mo Money, you may know him as. What was your favorite couch co op game growing up as a kid? For me, Halo. it was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the arcade game, or Turtles Ooh. in Time. Good shout outs. What do you guys Good got? Shout outs. So I think I was less of a kid. I was a late teenager doing a whole lot of things I shouldn't have been doing. But um, Super Mario Kart 64 was literally on a daily rotation with four of us out of a group of maybe 10, we would just sit and play four player uh, Mario Kart 64 endlessly. I mean, for months and months and months on end. The only other one I could think of, which came close would be obviously Halo CE uh, with land parties and stuff. But again, I was a little older at that time. Yeah. I remember my first rage uh, nerd rage with Halo CE where I got up and I got so angry because my best friend Ruben and my brother teamed up on me during the multiplayer and I got yeah. so mad. They kept on mocking me and I got up and I was like, damn it. And I hit my, my TV with my controller. It was like one of those cheap CVS TVs. And I just, cracked. I mean, I'm a kid. My parents were just like, whatever up top, the pharmacy up top there. Yeah. We'll take that. So I hit it and I just a huge crack. And I remember I'm freaking out because I just hit I'm a kid. I don't know what money is at this point. I'm like, this is a $40 TV. My dad is going to kill. <laughs> <laughs> so good, but yeah, I'm, Halo. I'm sure there's probably a million more I'm forgetting when I was younger. Mario Brothers, obviously. Mm -hmm. uh, games like Streets of Rage, uh, Double Dragon. You know, there's tons, but you got one, Luke? I have good memories of Blades of Steel. Okay, yeah, I yeah. I mess out of that with my little brother. Um, yeah. And then uh, it might surprise you. Some of my favorite memories playing San Francisco Rush 2049 on Dreamcast, the wow. four-player battle mode and stuff. That was that was real fun, and then doing races. Yeah, I, I love that game. That's Those a deep are, cut. They, they're deep cuts, but we didn't do a lot of co-op in my house. Just we just didn't do much there. Okay. So, yeah. uh, and then Nathan from uh, Season Gaming, actually Pork Pants, uh, he asked one that's a lot longer. So I don't know if we want to maybe pick a couple, and we've kind of touched on some of this already. What is your favorite game from each console you've owned from Atari 26 forward? Oh, to now? Jesus. So maybe pick out. Go ahead, Ains. Tell us about Atari. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Tell Here us about go. Hoop Stick. Yars Revenge. Done. That's the best game on 2600. What the hell is Hoop Stick? Is it the, the ball's like attached to it's like, like, like ball in a cup? It's a ball. ball in a cup. In a cup. In a cup. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Oops, Dick. He said, I don't know you're old. <laughs> what's the one? What's the thing in the water where you press the buttons and like the rings go up and you gotta like uh-huh. catch them down? Remember that? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember. Yeah. I remember. Oh, God. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, Appreciate that's it. That's good. Um, uh, let's, do, let's do best on uh, 64 PlayStation and then on. God. 64 would be GoldenEye or Mario Kart for me. It's Rogue Squadron, but okay. (laughs) Well, you don't have any friends. It's fine. It's okay. I'll be your friend. Super Mario 64. (laughs) Mario 64, okay. Okay. And we didn't own a PlayStation when I was a kid. PlayStation 1? Yeah. No, it was my my grandma bought a plate. My uncle did so that we could go visit my grandma's more often. Yeah. But they didn't invest in a memory card, so I played the same <laughs> levels of Spyro, mm-hmm. uh, Siphon Filter, and Crash Bandicoot over okay. and over again. Oh, I love yeah. Siphon Filter. Best game on uh, PlayStation best, One. Well, no, just do PS2. Do PS2. We're gonna speed through these. Yep. I have no idea. I'd have to think. Uh, first one that comes to mind is GTA Vice City. Okay, good choice, Joe. Ratchet and Clank up your arsenal. Ooh, Metal Gear Solid 2 for me. God. Come on. Did you really just disrespect Metal Gear Solid 2? <laughs> Did you really just did? Honestly, sometimes Ains, it's like, why is he here? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Jesus. Jesus. PlayStation 2 is like one of the greatest libraries of all time. And you go with a game that doesn't even make any goddamn sense. <laughs> I love Ains was super offended at that. <laughs> I failed. Ains wants to brush his horse <laughs> and get penis mechanics for his horse. Leave my but horse I can't out of play this. Metal Gear Solid 2 with vamp and stuff. All right, let's do uh, Xbox 360. Xbox 360. That's where yeah, you that one hurts me. That's one hurts. Bio, Bioshock. That's tough as hell, though, because you've got Mass Effect 1, you've got Halo, uh, you've got 3 and Reach. I mean, you've got a lot of games on that system, but I, I wow. would have to go Bioshock 1. Red Dead One, Red Dead One for me as well. But man, I wanted to say Gears of War. I Gears. wanted to. I mean, Gears I'm literally wearing a Gear shirt and I can't even rep it. That's true. Yeah, he's like, oh, look at me. I'm so strong. I'm always wearing a Gear oh. shirt. Look at me. Oh yeah, I'm real buff. <laughs> you see what I deal with? Metal Gear Solid Two. No one even can tell you what that game's about. No PlayStation one even knows. Four. PlayStation Four. <laughs> see, he can't tell uh, you. Yeah, no. Damn, PS4. The guns of the Patriots. I mean, <laughs> I mean, this is where it gets easy. So I think for PS3, it's Uncharted 2 for me. Even with The Last of Us there. That would, oh, yeah, forget. No, it's Last of Us. Um, But it is Uncharted 2 because yeah. I think Last of Us is an easy out. PlayStation so. 4. PlayStation 4. Uh, well, now on PlayStation 4, it's Bloodborne. Come on, dude. God of War is PlayStation 4. Sorry, uh, Bloodborne. I got so a character. I, I can game. cheat on this one and say God of War as well because I can play Red Dead 2 on my Xbox. <laughs> Welcome back, Ains. Welcome back, buddy. This is good. This is good. All right. Uh, any other questions we got, Ains? Nope. That list? was the last one. Oh, I th- okay. I thought he had more like elements to his question. No, yeah. that was it. Just kind of favorite from console generations. Yeah, I cannot go back to Atari. That's uh, Ains will be talking all day, guys. You know, I got to rein him in somehow. Oh, try and play those games now. You'll spend <laughs> like 30 the- seconds. As the mature one of the group, all right, I got to I gotta regulate. You know, I got to do what I got to do. It's tough. You it's said tough. Metal Gear Solid 2. It's about the guns of the Patriots, Haynes. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> Snake's called Pliskin. Like 1,500 amazing games on that system. I don't, I don't yeah, know. It was the la 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 or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> no one knows, but it's provocative. 
Get some people going. That'd be like, what's the best game on PlayStation 4? Death Stranding? Stop it. Oh, Stop. that's disrespectful. It's a great soundtrack. Such a great soundtrack. <laughs> what, a, what, a, what a letdown if you're like, soundtrack. oh, the soundtrack's real good. It's kind of like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's kind of like the first thing they go to. It's, it's got yeah. good music, guys. It's kind of like when people talk about Jimmy Fallon's late night show. It's like, well, like, he has the roots. <laughs> <laughs> the roots are great. Do you remember when people would talk about games like Parappa the Rapper and like tell you that they're good? And you'd yeah. be like, ah, no, no. Yeah, no the game's not good. I lived game it. is not good. Oh man, that's that's scary. It was it was not good. It was not good. All right, guys. Uh, that it was a an, an interesting episode. I hate to have to call Ains out so many times, but here we are. You know, we do what we can. Um, you don't play games and criticize a lot. Them. I see where we're at. <laughs> and I criticize the games that I love quite often. Quite often. Um, anyway, uh, guys. Thank you for joining us this evening through this episode of Cast Co-op, the third episode. We have loved having you, the feedback from you guys on socials, on YouTube, eventually on iTunes. You never know. Uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, Joseph Moran, host of the Trophy Room of PlayStation podcast. Would you please let us know where we can find you? The three symbols. So weird. Look at that. When you put, put like you hold up, hold up. You know, the I simple do not three like where this hand. is going. No, I'm, I'm good. Confident. I'm good. Why are <laughs> the people? People should do <laughs> this more. I don't know. That's just me. Uh, you can find me over at the Trophy Room, a PlayStation podcast made by the players for the players, where each and every Thursday, me and my best friend Kyle talk about the latest and greatest in all things PlayStation. Uh, you can find us over on the Trophy Room YouTube channel. You can find us finally on Apple Podcasts again, unlike this show. God, Ains <laughs> just keeps slacking. Uh, Spotify, wherever you find podcast services of your choice, you can Don't find you the show there. Start. This Ains week works we have... so hard for the show. <laughs> so hard. We don't do he's anything. Here. Yeah, he's, he's here early. They're killing, it's me, guys. They're killing or me. on time. Don't worry. Uh, well, episode four will be here when they get finished their Fortnite match. That's right. And we're gonna <laughs> we win won. it again. We we won, dude. We won. A good friend. We don't understand. <laughs> yeah, go ch- go check it out because this week we have two shows. So make sure you check it out. Uh, Ainsley Bowden of Season Gaming, where can we find you, Mr. Porsche Power? Yeah, so Porsche Power everywhere. That is uh, Porsche Power, not Porsche Shopper. And uh, SeasonGaming.com, you can find all of us there. So uh, everything to do with our podcast. And uh, we've got uh, a lot coming up. And we've got, uh, I'm actually speaking with uh, Benji Sales, who everyone knows in the community. I'm speaking with him on Sunday and doing an industry perspectives with him. Um, we've got some good guests on uh, BitCast this week, and uh, yeah, a lot of good things in the works. So uh, just check us out. We should say also congratulations on 150 for BitCast. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, you guys were there. Uh, I was hoping that would sway you into the Red Dead 2 camp. It obviously didn't work, so we'll we'll keep at it. We'll keep at it. Nah, but that was a fun episode. You guys should check it out. Uh, <laughs> you guys can find me on Twitter at Insipid Ghost and hosting the Xbox Expansion Pass. Uh, I just spoke, had a very long interview actually with Remy Ismail, uh, who has done everything from make one of the best iPhone games ever made and most profitable iPhone games ever made to creating the press kit industry standard that everybody in the indie game dev uh, world uses to working in coding games uh, on a daily and weekly basis. He does talk all around the world, and I learned a lot about him. We talked about uh, error representation in video games, about how indie developers do not have a fair shot at making it in certain platforms based on where they live in the world, which is really, really? interesting. Really? Yeah, uh-huh. very fascinating. Because, uh, And I'll give you a quick example. Consider that most of these most uh, indie devs thrive on things like GDCs, game dev jams, things like that. Yeah. If you live in Central Africa 
or the Middle East, travel to some places is nearly impossible, either through security checks or finances or whatnot. And the cost of traveling New York to, to LA or New York to London or wherever the, these places are held, yeah. very different than the cost from certain places throughout oh, wow. uh, the rest of the world. Very interesting. That's very awesome. interesting. Is that episode awesome. up? What's that? Is that episode live now? No, it'll be coming live uh, this coming Monday. And it's a long interview, so I'm, I'm actually not sure if I should put it in and make a super extended episode, but uh, it's on the upcoming the Snyder Cut. XCP. It is the Snyder Cut of XCP. <laughs> You're right. That's what it's going to I'm going to call it that. So, yeah, that's it for me, guys. Uh, thank you all for joining us. Do you have any closing comments, guys? Good. No, just thanks for all the support. Um, a lot of great feedback, a lot of a lot of views yeah. <laughs> on this. And so I don't, I don't know I, why you're listening to these two guys, um, yeah. but I appreciate you tuning in every week. And can I just address one thing that it's we've gotten a lot of complaints, and I need to stand my ground here, right here, and say firmly: no matter how many of uh, you guys come out and say, "Get rid of Luke Lore," he's dragging <laughs> the show down. I get it. I'm right there with you. He sucks. He's awful. He smells. <laughs> I get it, but we need him here. We need him here. He makes us meanings look good. So uh -huh. that's fair. You know, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Yes, got him. Get right. Let's be honest. He's the worst. And the poll reads: Luke winning. Uh, <laughs> well, audio listeners, that's not what it reads. Keep casting that co-op. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>